It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is, is the Go Birds Podcast. podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino James Seltzer Elliot Shore Parks coming your way Elliot it is uh it's not super fun to be an Eagles fan right now no it's not but you know what I'm excited to do the pod and James I have a trivia question for you right off the oh, jump right oh, off the bat buddy it's put not, me on the spot I love it's it it's not a fun one though yeah oh great um all right so I was looking. I was doing my research on the Packers, and you don't have to dig that deep to realize this is going to be a pretty tough matchup for the uh, for the Eagles. But so this year, the Packers have won five games by at least fourteen points. Oh. So they've like been been pretty dominant, right? Do you want to guess how far you have to go back to collect five wins for the Eagles of more than fourteen points? I'll give you a hint. There's not many this year. I mean, I would guess 2017, right? Well, I'm I'm not saying in one single season, like total. So like Oh wait, so you're wait, so you're asking for I'm a little confused what the question is. So the Packers have five wins this season of fourteen or more points. So you're saying how long does it go back until you reach five wins? Like, I got you. Yeah. So I mean twenty seventeen. I think it still goes well, back so to it's like it's the it, almost almost. It's like the last week of twenty eighteen. Is that it? twenty four to nothing win over uh the um over Washington, got them there. But yeah, I mean, 2017, I'm sure they had at least five if you go back and look. But it's just wild to think that the Eagles had almost three full seasons 
to accomplish what the Packers have accomplished already this year. Terrific, man. It's yeah. Super, super so I think fun. the Packers are in a better space right now than the Eagles would be would be my overall assessment based off of that. Is there, is there like a plane flying above you right now? Yes, actually. I you can heard hear that before it. That's I hilarious. Did. Yeah, we can yeah. hear it. That's good. So everyone... I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna ask if there was a plane you could jump out of. Oh, that's not where I thought no, you were going with that. I'm not there so. yet, Elliot. I'm not there yet. Um, all right, let's uh let's dive into some of the stuff that's happened this week because man, um, you know, losing kind of breeds frustration and all that type of stuff. And, and Elliot, for the first time this season, it's starting to feel like the fan base is turning a little bit. And I, look, the fan base has been very anti-Eagles for a while this season, but in terms of... Naturally. I <laughs> naturally, as they should yeah. be. Uh, I think right. we're finally reaching the point where, and I don't know if you're there yet, I have been there, as you know, we've talked about it on this pod, but I think we finally turned the corner where a, a majority, not just more than less, but a majority, a, a strong majority of Philadelphia Eagles fans want this team to miss the playoffs. I think that's where we're at. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, we are talking about what to talk on the pod, and we, we kind of had, this wasn't like our original idea of what to talk about, but uh, I think you're right. I mean, a few weeks ago when we talked about it, I think we were kind of both in the camp of, you know what, like make the playoffs type of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, I think the majority of people are not, but I just don't know if I'm there yet. And I'm not firm in this opinion, so this isn't like something we'll battle back and forth on. I'm definitely open to changing my mind, which I always am, but I'm way more open to changing my mind on this. But here's what I where I come down on. Ultimately, yes, I see the logic in how a top six pick uh, would help this team, top five even, right? And after their frustrating loss last week, I probably said on that pod, yeah, they're better off missing the playoffs. But now with a cooler head and able to look at like the full picture and not thinking this after actually watching them play a football game, here's the argument I would make on why I do still think if in a month from now you told me they were in the playoffs, that would be a good thing. And it really just comes down to Carson. Like for them to make the playoffs – Carson will have to really turn his season around. Like Carson cannot continue to play this way and they'll make the playoffs. So if you told me over the last five games, Carson went from like the 30th quarterback in the league to the 15th, that to me is worth giving up a top five pick for. Because although I have my opinions of Carson, obviously, like ultimately this team is going to go as far as Carson takes it still. Like even with Jalen Hurts here, all that stuff, like they're going to go as far as their quarterback takes them. And it's still financially beneficial for them to have Carson be that quarterback. So if you told me for five games, Carson put this team on the back, even if it was only to two more wins or whatever, and got them in the playoffs and then played a full playoff game, like there's still a ton of value to that for me. Look, I, I get it. I get the idea. If Carson can turn it around and, you know, have a positive momentum and, and play in a playoff game, like, yes. Is that valuable? Absolutely. I mean, on Extremely. A, on a basic level, I literally cannot see a world where that happens. Like, as we talked about last time, where, where I've gotten to the point where I would even start Hurts just because I think Carson is so broken right now, so broken, that there is just no chance of him turning around this season. Like, that's how I feel about it. But regardless of that, I would make the case that First and foremost, it's not just a top five draft pick. Again, a top five draft pick. They are they are sixth right now. If they lose out, they will have a top five pick. They could get as high as three, theoretically. Like I don't I don't expect them to get that high, but I think the fourth or fifth pick is 
is incredibly yeah. realistic for this team. The last time they had the fourth pick, they got Lane Johnson out of it. The last times they've had a top five pick to begin with, they ended up with Carson Wentz, Donovan McNabb, Lane Johnson. Like, the history of picking in the top five for the Eagles has been very good. And in general, you know, even with Howie picking the guys, and we'll get to the whole Howie, Doug, will they be back thing, you know where I stand. I don't think anyone needs to know <laughs> yeah. what I think about Howie Roseman. But the point is, is I hear that whole, well, well, I don't want to uh, get a higher draft pick just because Howie's going to screw it up again argument. But, like, look, if Howie's making the picks either way, why not give him a better chance? Like, yeah, Howie yes. might screw it up, but he's got a much better chance of hitting on a top five pick than he does of hitting on a on the 19th pick. I mean, that's just factual. So that argument is out the window for me. Then on top of it, the other thing that I think people have not talked about enough is the schedule. We're seeing this year what a first-place schedule does to a team. It can be brutal just absolutely brutal they have a chance to get the third fourth place schedule even i do think that's a a big advantage that is a part of this as well and then on a basic level like this team needs a reset man like this team and i I think that it's been so bad this year that that i don't think jeffrey laurie no matter how this finishes out is gonna all of a sudden be like oh it's all okay like i think that jeffrey laurie understands their problems we've talked about too much of the reports about him and all that type of stuff But I do think that, point being, I don't want anything to obscure that. I don't want him to to say, all right, well, you know, I was feeling bad, but they finished strong and and made the playoffs. Maybe changes aren't, we don't need as many changes as we might have needed. I want every strike possible against Howie Roseman. I want that guy gone today. And I know it's not going to happen, and we'll get into whether we actually believe it's going to happen at the end of the year. But... Every single strike I can get against Howie Roseman for that time when he finally strikes out. We all get three strikes. Howie gets 10,000. But eventually he's going to hit that number, and every way I can inch, every strike I can throw until then, I'm going to keep throwing. Yeah. Look, it's hard to it's hard to argue with a lot of that. I'm not I'm not as strong in the fire Howie camp as you are, but I'm I'm certainly leaning that way. I'm just not as strong into it. And if you told me they won these games on the back of the defense, then I would say, yeah, this is not good for the franchise. If you told me, you know, they were winning these games like 23 to 19, like that wouldn't be great either. My only thing is, like, think of how we felt when they lost to the Dolphins last year. And then think about how it felt prior to that Seahawks game. Like things do change quickly. And I get your point about like how you want there to be a reset. And I do think there's they need it in a way. But good quarterback play fixes a lot. And ideally, you don't want to make changes. And I should preface all this by saying, I do not think they're going to make the playoffs. Yes. So like this is more a hypothetical yes. in what could happen, right? Yes. Like I do not believe Carson is going to turn it around over these last couple games. So I'm just saying that the question of like, is it better for this team to start winning these last few weeks? Of course it is. Like, you want Carson to turn this around. You invested $128 million into Carson. He is on the books for 33 or $34 million, no matter what you do with him next year, right? So it is financially better for this team to have him turn it around. And that's ultimately where I'm at with it. So, yes, I agree that, like, you want the top five pick. And I after the Seahawks game and after we recorded our pod – I went and looked at some of the players that could be available. And, like, there are real difference makers at positions they need. Like, Micah Parsons, the linebacker out of Penn State. Now, I hate Penn State, and I hate that they're called uh, LBU or whatever. But he's a guy that, you know, the Eagles need a linebacker, right? And if you you talk about going from not having one to adding a top-five pick, like a top-five talent, like, yeah, that could be franchise-changing. There's defensive ends there. The guy out of Miami, whose name I forget right now. Like, there are there are 
players there at positions of need that will help this team. And there's obviously the whole quarterback debate. And but offensive still, linemen. There's a lot of good offensive linemen at the top of this right, draft, the, too. The tackle out of Oregon uh, lo looks like he could be really good. And I got to learn these guys' names. And I will by the we time will. we start Oh, the see, debate. that's the thing is, like, we're going to – there's a chance that if this does finish out the way we expect, like, we get to be excited about the draft again. That's something, Elliot. Yeah. But, but don't you see the point of, like – the team, like all that matters, like defensive end, linebacker, GM, all that matters. But what matters the most is the quarterback. And, you know, maybe it's just better for Carson in the long run if he just struggles the last five weeks and then he reaps the benefits of all the changes that would come from that, right? Like maybe it's better if Carson struggles for five weeks, but then he gets a stud at left tackle through the draft or he gets a game-changing linebacker that helps the defense that helps him through that channel or he gets a better general manager, right? He gets a new play caller. Like maybe those things are better for Carson than the experience of leading them to a victory over the Packers and then somehow beating the Cardinals and then going 2-0 and in the final two divisional games. Like, maybe. But I just think there is still real uh, tangible benefit to making the playoffs because in, you mem I remember the Philly Voice article by Joe Santaquilo, who I always want to say Santa Legilio now because I hear I know. that way more. I know. But Joe Santaquilo like, made a joke in there, I think it was, about like the Philadelphia Carsons instead of the Philadelphia Eagles. And it was meant as a slight, but like, it's true. They are still the Philadelphia Carsons right now. And I still think that whatever is best for Carson is best for this franchise. So it really comes down to what's better for Carson, like getting into the playoffs or reaping the benefits of them not making the playoffs. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's a really, really great point by you. And in your argument about Carson, I mean, that's the core part of the argument to make the playoffs is it's about Carson. It's, it's A, that right. that means he's playing better and he's turned things around and B, that he gets that experience and those opportunities and those, you know, experiences on the way to the playoffs and then in the playoffs. I do think, though, that the other side of it that you put out there is actually the best thing for Carson. I think that ultimately putting better guys around him, getting better people, putting the guys around him, you know, getting a, a, a change at play caller, however that comes about, and we'll get more into that in a minute. But I, I do think that ultimately the winning of games and playoff experience is less important to Carson's future than getting him fixed yeah. and putting people around him. I think those are the, the it, two It keys. is scary, though, to think of having a franchise quarterback going into year six that has never completed a playoff game. Yeah. No, it, it's... Yes, yeah. It, Just saying. I mean, that is. I, like, of course you know, it is. You talk about the long-term building. And also, if you view... Like, I don't think any of us at this point are going to view 2021 as a year where they go into it expecting to be contenders. Now, anything no. can happen. We saw that in 2017. But so now you're really talking about, like, 2022 until... You know, like the Carson's seventh year where it's like, OK, this is and that's only ideally if things work out in 2021. So, it, you know, it does like it does stretch the window when you make all these changes like it does change the outlook on the next few years. No, it really does. It really does. It's a it's a fascinating hypothetical and I'm interested to see how fans kind of deal with it, especially because, look, it's it's one thing to sit here and talk about it and, and use my brain and say, you know, it is better for this team. It is better for everyone, all of us as fans, for this team to miss the playoffs and to get a top five pick and have a better schedule and all these things and potentially get rid of Howie Roseman and 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 change things around and blow it all up and all this. I do think that that in my brain, I I a hundred percent feel it, believe it, and with it. But in all honesty, when I'm watching an Eagles football game, even this last one, like Yes. I yep. want to root against them. My mind is saying it's this is better. This is better. But like instinctually, it's really hard to do, man. It is really hard to watch an Eagles well, game and root against them. It's hard. Here, 
here, here's the good news. We can fall on different sides of this debate. Fans can debate it. They're not making the playoffs. Well, so, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like you know, like, sure, anything's possible. But, like, this team is continually showing us where they are at right now. And they are not a playoff team. Like, even as bad as the NFC East is, I still think they I, – I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Like, so, so there will be those changes. And honestly, you know – it could be that they could make the playoffs and then Carson could still reap the benefits. Like, I don't know if them getting into the playoffs saves, Je- saves Doug or Howie's job, you know, like no, for if, sure. If Jeffrey that, Murray's absolutely. Already that decision. Well, let's talk about that. We'll get to the play calling thing in a second, but, but specifically to that point to Doug and Howie, because I feel like this is something that has been obviously one of the, the core discussion points now at the point we're at in the season is, is of course, with the way this season is going, you start to talk about jobs. You start to say, all right, you know, who's coming back? Or are they going to be back? Do we think they're going to be back? We've made it very clear where we both stand. We both, and you've even come around, I want Howie gone today. You are getting the point where you're, you're good with firing Howie Roseman. I think we both, in a perfect world, would like to see Doug get one more chance with a better roster, with a better situation. But yeah. I think I'm closer to saying I'm okay with him being gone. But I, I think we both, in a perfect world, still support Doug Peterson. The question is what's going to happen because yeah. that is a much different thing. And we have heard a lot of different things, Elliot. We, I mean, I can't, I don't even know what to believe anymore. You know, we have, we have yeah. obviously the reports uh, before the games and the, how upset Jeffrey is. And he didn't go to the game in Cleveland, but then you, know, you, you, first of all, we know the Jeffrey Howie thing. We know that they love Doug. We know that, I mean, again, Howard Eskin just came on the air today and said he thinks Howie's coming back. And he has said before that he's pretty sure Doug's coming back. Like, And then you look at the situation, you're like, but how could nothing change? I mean, is is getting rid of Press Taylor, does that, does that do it for anybody? So I think it's a real interesting, tough situation for Jeffrey Lurie considering where the team's at, what his involvement has been too. That's the part we don't know is, is how much of things that have happened are because of him. And then yeah. how much can he blame other people for that? Like there's so many moving parts here. And then of course, you know, the idea that it was less than three years ago that these, these two guys played such a big role in the Super Bowl. It's, it's all, it's a really unique, tough situation to parse out. Elliot, where we're at right now, heading into week 13 of the season, and let's, you know, assume that things do not get better and they make the playoffs because that's what we both think will happen. What do you think is going to happen? How do you think this plays out? Mm-hmm. Well, the funny part about this season is it's such a roller coaster. I mean, I remember being in the WIP studios with you like not even a week ago when the Jeff McClain story came out about Larry skipping and being disgusted from practice. And we went on the air like 10 minutes later and riding like the emotion of reading that, my reaction was Doug's gone. Mm-hmm. Like that was my reaction to that. But I don't know, like I was down at Eagles practice yesterday and there's something about being at the Novacare that makes me like think that they're, they're just going to be back. I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's just like being down there and talking to people and stuff. But I, I did think yesterday at practice, like maybe we all need to take a deep breath, take a step back and be like, they're just both going to be back. Like it was the first bad year that they've had. Now, if you examine it closer, you can argue the arrow's been pointing down, right? And I've been saying that, but it's presumably gonna be the first year they don't make the playoffs. It'll be the first year they've had a losing record since they won the Super Bowl. And Doug will have gone four out of five years with a winning record. That is good enough to keep your job. Like, on the surface, that is good enough to keep your job. Howie, I think, is a little harder to defend just because of of the draft stuff. 
But there's a lot more to being a general manager than drafting. And I think that when Lurie looks at Howie, he'll say, you know what? The drafting's not great, but I still think Howie is good at these things. Like building contracts, managing the cap. And they're in a tough spot now, but you know, they've not been for almost Howie's entire time. Like, so I do think that if I had to bet my life, they they would both be back. That would be my guess. Just because you know, like it sounds silly, but one of the reasons they fired Chip, it was not because he like traded for Sam Bradford or because he signed to Marco Murray. It was because they didn't like him. Like they just didn't like Chip, right? So I think sometimes we look at all these things that we think matter, but don't. And like Jeffrey Lurie still has to have a head coach that he likes or that he like meets with once a week and enjoys sitting down with. And that Doug has that check in his corner in a major way. Like Jeffrey Lurie likes Doug personally. And I just think that matters when it's when when it's on the fence of whether you should do it. That matters that you like the guy. So I I would probably lean with with Eskin on this one and say they'll both be back. And I know a week ago I said they're probably gone, but you know, welcome to the 2020 Eagles. Like it's a it's a roller coaster. And I think if I had to pick today, I'd I'd pick that they're both back. So I if I had to pick today, uh, I I agree. I lean more towards both back than both gone. If I had to bet, I would think Doug is gone and Howie is back as much because I I think that, look, if this finishes out the way I think it's going to finish out with them at best winning one more game and potentially losing out and just continually looking undisciplined and poorly coached each week and all that, where I personally think the roster is far and away the biggest reason for that. And to your point about the drafting, like, yes, he has been horrendous at drafting. Like, the last two years, particularly atrociously bad especially going into this offseason where how many times did we say on this show and on WAP and all that this is the biggest offseason of Howie Roseman's career, the biggest draft of Howie Roseman's career, and he didn't just miss on the draft. He missed on everything. Nick Orobi Coleman, Javon Hargrave, Will Parks just gets cut. I mean, like, literally every single thing Howie did this offseason was a disaster. Like, it was a mess. It's unbelievable. Like, as as perfect as he was in 2017, he was the exact opposite this past offseason. So I, 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 I am... You know where I'm at with Howie. I, I do think, though, the Jeffrey thing, and I think Jeffrey's involved with Howie, and I think that, you know, if Jeffrey is an owner who wants to be involved, which it seems like he is, and, and all the evidence and all the reports and all the stories we've heard, we've heard tend to lean towards the idea that Jeffrey Lurie is more involved with this team than than the average fan thinks or oh, knows. I mean, he's like, he's like not Jerry Jones, but he's Like he's the next close. step down, yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and thus, to that point you made before about wanting someone you like, you also want someone who's going to, yes, you're the owner, but you want someone who's going to let you be that involved. Like, you want someone who's yes. going to take your thoughts and put them into their process and use what you want and think. And Howie Roseman has clearly shown that he will do that with Jeffrey. So I do think that that matters. And I think that how he cares about Howie and all that type of stuff. And you did make, look, uh, from an outside perspective, as bad as this year has been, like, you are correct. And yes, here in Philly, we know that it's trended down. We know that the offense looks like crap every week, and, and it's the same thing, and it, we, we know that. But from a, a outsider perspective, when you're looking in, you say that, again, these guys were, were two of the most important people, maybe the two most important people in winning a Super Bowl, in putting the roster together and then coaching that roster to winning a Super Bowl less than three years ago, Elliot. Like, no GM and head coach combo that have won a Super Bowl have gotten fired less than three years later. I haven't looked and, that up, and, but I'll bet the- my life on it. <laughs> And in the divisional playoffs two years ago, like you exactly. know, how many franchises and like the first out there year to not make the playoffs. The yes, yeah. that's the point. 
like the right. first time they don't. So I do understand. Like I do think that there is a ready-made. Hey, 2020 was a fucked up year. Let's call it what it is. It was a screwed up, weird year. Yes, we're trending down. Yes, there are changes I want to see. But you know what? These two guys made the playoffs three years in a row prior to that. They won the Super Bowl. They won another playoff game the year after. You know what? I'm giving them one more chance. Like, I could easily see that spin. Now, here's, let's take it a step further. Let's say Lurie sits down with Doug at the end of the year and says, Doug, you know I like you. You know, you, you killed it at the Christmas party. Happy you came. Like, it, was, <laughs> it was it was a good time. And I think we can all agree Doug is probably awesome to party with, right? Ah, so, Doug is like the anti-chip when it comes to the Christmas yes, party. Yes, like Doug would be phenomenal to party with. Talking so to everybody, glad-handing. Like, Doug's, a, Doug's a man of the people. For sure. I remember at the owner's meeting a few years ago when we were still allowed to like socialize with people, um, He it was when he had surgery on his foot. And he was rolling around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was rolling around in a rollabout, and he was like, and it sounds corny, but it was so funny to everybody there. He kept making a little beep noise when he was backing up, and like, I don't know, it was just he's just a funny guy to hang around with. But so here's my point. So Lurie sits down with Doug, and he's like, "All right, Doug, I want you back, but you got to give up play calling because I want to hire an offensive coordinator, the likes of a Joe Brady." Graham Harrell out of USC last year. Like, I want to bring in one of those guys, and they're not coming if they don't call plays. So you got to give up play call. So great hypothetical, Elliot. So Doug said this week that he would be open to it, but I like to me it felt like a little bit more of just saying it to say it, not really meaning it. If that if Doug is presented with that, and, and Jeffrey goes, you know what? And if you don't want that, like we can part ways, and I'm good with that. Ooh. No harm, no foul. <laughs> but if you're back, if you're back, like you're not calling plays. So what do you think, Doug? I, I, I absolutely love this hypothetical because also I do think that this could be a real thing that would happen. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, for like, this sure. makes sense. Like, you know, we know that they changed their coaches without telling Doug, all that type of stuff. Doug has no power to begin with. Um, so I love the hypothetical, and I could absolutely, truly see something like this playing out. So here are my thoughts on it. Um, I think first and foremost, from Jeffrey's perspective, I think I actually think this could be a likely outcome, actually. Like, if you had to ask me, like, how does this play out? I think this is a really, really likely, like, one of the more likely scenarios with the Doug and Lori thing. I actually think this makes so much sense, Elliot. Um, I think that if you're Doug, I think your first thought is, you know, obviously, that's my, he says it every time. It's like, it's my favorite part of the job. It's my single favorite thing to do. You know, it's, it's, so that's tough. So I think if you're Doug, I think what you do is, um, you say, Mr. Lurie, let me think about it. And I think you have your agent survey the league. You know, you look at the team. Which I'm sure is happening already, Exactly, by the way. exactly. So I think that Doug will know. Houston, you know, Detroit, all these places. Like, how real is their interest in me? And I think that if he feels confident that he's going to get one of those jobs in a place where he can go with a Super Bowl winning coach and call his plays and build his staff and do all that, I think he's out. I think he's out. I agree. But I think that if Doug surveys the landscape and finds out that you know, even if he thinks he has a chance but isn't sure, isn't maybe he accepts the deal and does another year that way and feels it out more. But I think more likely than not, if Jeffrey Lurie offers that situation to Doug, Doug probably walks away. Yeah, because I think Doug will get another job. Agree. And, I mean, the other component of it is that, like, people that are, like, important in the Doug coaching tree, like Andy, John Harbaugh, those type of guys— like they've also not called plays. Like there's been times where Andy's not called plays. I mean, I'm I'm almost positive he doesn't call them now, right? I'm sure. Well, he, yeah, I think he, yeah, I think Bienemy calls them most of the time. But yeah, there are a lot of coaches right. like that. I mean, Tomlin, all John Harbaugh, guys. right? Harbaugh. So, and and I think that Doug has the 
the traits to be a good coach in that regard. Like he does have experience. I think now. it's so perfect for him. Like that's all the yeah. stuff we always say he's best at. Like what the play calling thing we go back and forth on, but we both agree what Doug Peterson is best at is getting guys ready, you know, rallied and excited and believing in something and all that. He's amazing at that stuff. My only concern would be it's a little like keeping Howie in the building in 2015 it, it is in the way that I, I know I think that it's different Doug would, though. I think it's different. I don't, in some ways, look, worse, I mean, Doug's still the head coach is the point. Like, if you're keeping Howie in the building, Howie's not in charge anymore. Whereas Doug, yeah, that might be a play caller on you, but it's still Doug's team. It's still Doug ultimately yeah, in charge of you. So let's say they get, like, the the best OC candidate candidate out there. Like, let's not say Rich Graham Harrell, like they, an example, like yes. a Graham Harrell type guy. Yes. And so next year, it's week three. They're one and one. It's fourth and two from the 40-yard line. And this guy's like, I want to punt. Right? Well, I don't think that would like, be. So I think Doug would still make the calls to go for it or not. I, I don't think that's. Okay. I don't think that's play calling as much. That's like coaching. Mike Tomlin makes the call to go for it. He just doesn't call the play. You know what I mean? Okay. So right. well, that that would be my thing. Like I would. I still believe Doug has a really good feel for those things. I know I this year it's I do been too. bad. I think but. it's. I think everything's been bad this year. But I think Doug's. I think in game coaching. You know, outside of play calling issues, I think. Uh, game strategy and whatnot, I generally think Doug's pretty good. I think this year it's just the team sucks and he's kind of been trying to make yeah, He doesn't know what to do. Egg- right. Exactly. All right, I want to so, talk. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that, so that that's my thing. I think that Doug would be open to going somewhere else if he had a chance, like a market with, this, with not as much pressure. He goes to uh, Houston. He has Deshaun Watson. He's like the fourth biggest team in town. He can call plays. Like the expectations are low. Like, boom, perfect for Doug, right? But I do think that the the realistic thing that could happen is Doug could ask get give up play calling to remain. And I and I think Lurie would then like fire Press Taylor, fire Scangarillo, and then like bring in a like a legit jit guy that would then run the offense. Like it would be his offense. And I think that that could be where we're looking at. And then you keep Howie, would be my guess. Yeah, I, I could see something like that playing out that way. All right, I want to get some roster stuff, uh, a big eagle coming back. Uh, and all that, but as always, let me remind everyone: if you have not downloaded the Park Casino Sportsbook app at this point in the season, you are out of your mind. I don't know what you're doing listening to us. Please, please download this app. It is so much fun. It's intuitive. It's easy to use. You can bet on every single game on the slate on Sunday tomorrow. Ellie and I have our picks, Parks Pick Show out. We'll go through every line uh, on the, on the slate for tomorrow. Um, you can also bet on. Prop bets like player passing yards, rushing yards, who's going to score first, total touchdowns, total sacks, bet on futures, who's going to win the MVP, who's going to win the championship, all that type of stuff. You can check out Elliot's Twitter for his Parks Parks picks. Elliot, anything hitting you recently for the Parks picks? Well, I'm over two on my last two. That's okay. But the bet I really like this week, let me pull it up. I wrote it down. It was Atlanta. I just can't remember who they're playing off the top of my head. Atlanta? It, okay. Yeah. New Orleans at Atlanta. Falcons plus two and a half in Atlanta. I like the Falcons in this Ooh, one. Ooh, well, yeah. guess what? I'll give you a little tip too. I love it. I love New Orleans in that game. I am absolutely oh, on the other side of that one. I think New Orleans is awesome. I will say though, and this is what we always talk about. That is an Atlanta line if I've ever seen one. Yes, unbelievable. Yes. I mean, you would think that'd be a, a New Orleans by six. So that's an f- interesting line that does make me a little nervous about picking New Orleans. But either way, who trust Elliot? Trust me. Go download the app. And here's the deal. 
Sign up now. You get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, that's P-A-R-X-Casino.com slash PA. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. As always, you must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Elliot. Uh, there's a game this week. I don't think we're not going to go through. Normally, Elliot and I do our whole, you know, these matchups, those matchups, and all that. Yeah, I don't think people are interested <laughs> this week. The, ma- the matchups aren't great. They're not great. Let's just say the Packers are good. The Eagles are bad. I think is the next. But the Eagles will have at least a little help back this week, Elliot. Uh, our guy, all-time Eagle great, uh, potentially coming back for I don't know maybe his last five games in uniform. Zach Ertz returning. What does this mean for the team? And and Ertz like kind of potentially heading into his last stretch as an Eagle like that's a real situation. How do you assess Ertz coming back and the Ertz situation moving forward? It'll be interesting to see how they use Ertz. Like, do they make him the guy he was before, or in the same vein of playing Mylotta and like I mean, ideally playing Fulgham over Jeffrey, although they have not done that as much. Like, do you put Goddard out there more and just see like when they're in 11 personnel, who's the tight end? Like, do they run as much 12 personnel? I, I, it'll be really interesting to see. I mean, look, whether Zach Ertz is back or not. And for, and from Ertz's perspective, like he wants to put numbers up these last few weeks. Like he is going to be shopping himself for a new contract this off season with another franchise. Like he, he'll still be under contract, but the Eagles will give him permission to shop himself. He will be able to go around his, him and his agent and find out like what team will pay me. What if I get traded here, you know, will the Jaguars pay me this? Like would Houston, if he went to Houston with Doug, right? Like, I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting options out there on the table. Uh, maybe Dallas, who knows, but it would be, uh, so in order to make that happen, he needs to play well these last five weeks. So I think there'll be a little bit of competing goals here. Like the Eagles should want to see what Goddard is. So they feel good about it. If they do move on from Ertz and Ertz should want to play as much as possible. So, and show he's healthy and show that another team should give him that big money contract he's been looking for. I, I, I tend to believe that big money contract is not coming anymore. Like it, he'll get a deal, but I don't, I don't think that deal is coming. He's not getting Kelsey um, Kittle, Mono. I, I think we can lock that in. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if he'll come close to that. Which no, he, sucks. Uh, he will I mean, not come close. For, it sucks for him. Yeah. It does. It does. It does. Like it just the timing of it was just awful. You know, like if it was if his contract is up a year ago, he gets that big money deal. Yeah, I but think he like, does. It is what it is. So I, I you know, how much like how many targets? If I set the over under on six targets, what would you say? Over. But I obviously don't feel super strong. Kind of lean under. Yeah, I lean. I think under. like seven or eight. But yeah, again, I, I think all the points you made make total sense, and I, I do think it is a. I think the core question the Eagles have to ask themselves right now, as they're you know, is is what is their plan, and also what do they want, and and both out of the team and out of Ertz, because if they do want to make the playoffs this year, if they want to win this bad division, and look, teams are never losing on purpose in the NFL. I'm saying more as an organizational push. Do, how badly is a better point? How badly do they want to make the playoffs this year? And also, what is their plan with Zach Ertz? What is their future in their mind with Zach Ertz? I think those are two questions they need to answer. If you want Zach Ertz to be here moving forward, and if you really want to make the playoffs, then I think he's going to be even more involved. But if they're kind of looking towards, all right, this is it, you know, kind of the end of the run with Zach, 
then maybe he's not as much of a focus of the offense. I think it's going to be fascinating to see how they use him. Let me put you on the spot here. It is uh, December 3rd, 2020. We are heading into week 13 of the NFL season. Come next September, is Zach Ertz in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform to start the 2021 season? What do you think? No. Wow. I don't believe he is. Now, here, here's the other question. Let's say, like, do the Eagles want Zach back? Like, let's say Zach goes out and chops himself and is like, you know what? Can't find what I'm looking for. I'll just come back on the same deal. Like, don't have to redo my contract. I will come back. Do they want him back or do they like want to trade him and get the cap savings? If you trade him, you get $4 million or about $5 million in cap savings. If you cut him, it is, and this is according to over the cap, it's exactly the same. It's 4.7. Well, like with, it's with re- 7 million in dead money. I think it's an interesting question more towards, again, I think part of it obviously is who's running the team, right? But I mean, this has been an issue for Howie, right? We keep talking about this, whether yeah. it's Peters, whoever, like, like the, the willingness to cut guys if they're not part of the future plans. Do I think that for a one year end of a contract deal, play for a new contract for another team type of thing, they would take Zach Ertz on their team? Yes, I do. Do I think that, and, and again, I think what you're, the trading part of it, if they can get something for him, I think that's a, obviously another factor to this, but I just don't think they're going to coming off the year he's had and heading into the final year of his deal. I don't know how much value he has on the trade market. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think that they would be fine having him on their team, but if he's not a part of their future, and again, I think it comes back to what they're thinking is. Like, the whole Howie, like, we're never rebuilding, we're never retooling, we're always going for it thing, like, is that the mentality heading into next year, or do they look at their team like you mentioned before and say, "All right, we're, you know, way way over the cap. We're gonna have to cut all this stuff down." And and honestly, with the lack of roster talent we have and the the bad drafts we've had the last few years, we have to look at this season and say, "This is a bad football team. We're not expecting to win anything this year." Then that's a different calculation when it comes to Ertz, right? Like, so well, I, I think it really comes down to their organizational plan and philosophy when this decision has to be made. And here would be the true test would be if Zach Ertz and his team goes back to Howie and says, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll come back. And I don't you know, that contract demands from last year, like obviously not getting that, but extend me three years at the same a- average rate, eight and a half million bucks. Like, I'll just take an extension. So, you know, I'm here. I'm your guy. Like, I don't want Kittle or Kelsey money, but I, I just want some some extension. Like, that's a test, too. Right. Because. I think extending him might not make much sense either, even at even at a really cheap rate, right? Well, yeah, so, especially if you're committed to Goddard too. So that, you know, like the idea of him coming back on a one-year deal is possible, but like what if he just wants a cheap extension? You know, like I, I don't even know if that would make sense. So that would be another really big test for like whoever's running the team. And this is, again, why I think they need someone to come in with clear eyes without emotional attachment to these guys that can come in and just say like, no, like yep. we're not extending Zach Ertz. And don't get me wrong. Like I am team Ertz, right? Like I think he's an elite tight end, all those things. But if you need someone to come in and say, yeah, you know what? Like we're not extending Zach Ertz. Jason, you're not coming back. Deshaun and Alshon, you're gone no matter what you want to get paid, right? Like, because let's not fool ourselves. If Deshaun Jackson says to Howie Roseman, I'll come back on a minimum salary. Oh my God. Like, you don't think Howie's saying yes to that? Oh God, I hope he isn't. But you're right. I under- I know. No, it's a, it's a terrific point that needs to be said. It, it needs to be said. Um, so- that's the value of bringing of not bringing Howie back is bringing someone in that doesn't care about these guys. All right. Speaking of another Howie mistake, we mentioned it quickly before, but Will Parks cut um, with the guys of, of younger players playing, which is fine. Like Kevon Wallace, I think should play more, but 
I don't know if Greg and Arnold or certainly Marcus Epps are long-term pieces who need playing time, but I, I'm I'm fine with the cut. Um, but again, it is another definitive miss by Howie. Also felt like a guy who never really got a great chance to contribute here. Barely played. Yeah, I can't remember which made no sense. Him. Yeah. And I think the most interesting thing was him on the way out tweeting, it's 2020, it's not 2017. So clearly having something to say about what he believes the Eagles organization is right now and kind of where their head's at right now. What did you make of uh, the decision to, A, not really play him that much, then cut him, then his words on the way out? Well, it was funny. He had a follow-up tweet that was like said to somebody something like, well, it's just a tweet, man. It's no big deal. Like, I don't know, Will. Seems like that's a pretty specific <laughs> shot. Like, <laughs> It seems really definitively yeah, clear what you're trying to say. Two here, years you picked out there. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, you know, I like, I like Will Parks. I feel like he came here on a cheap deal and it, it reminds you of like, and I, I love the off season roller coaster hype. Like I love when they sign someone and it's like, this is going to be a steal or all that stuff. So I'm, I'm not making fun of those people. Cause I am those people, but it does, <laughs> it does remind you that, you know, when you sign someone for one year, $1 million, like, you know, it's not a franchise altering move. It just isn't most times, right? Like, so I, I think he very rarely, I don't don't think he got a fair chance here. Like he did get hurt. To me, this feels like a behind the scenes thing. Like, I don't think this is a play cave on Wallace thing. I think this is like, a, it just wasn't working. I would imagine there's probably some frustration on his end of not playing. And then on the Eagles end, probably like, well, we're not playing you. So if you're frustrated, like you can just, you can leave. Now it's interesting that six teams put in a claim on him, mm -hmm. right? Like it means that there are teams that think he can play. Yeah. There's teams that think he can play. He goes back to Denver. Uh, you know, he, we'll see what he does there. He wasn't. And, and I think going back to Denver notable too, if we're talking about behind the scenes problems, like that's a place where he played and they wanted him back. So like, yes, you know, well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Will was like a problem as like a bad teammate. I just, the vibe I've always gotten from him is he wanted to play. He, yeah. He wants yeah. to play. Like yeah. he's very confident in himself. And, and I think, I think could. when you watch the guys playing in that role instead of him, I think he had a real case to say he should have played. So I understand it. Right. And especially when the Eagles, when they're signing him, convince him on the, like, you know, the argument of like, we think you're good for this role. You're going to come in here and play. And then it doesn't happen. Now he did get hurt, which like always sets things back because other people get chances. He misses portions of training camp. There was no OTAs. Like all those things are true. But you know, like to now to move to the Howie part, it's another just flat out miss. Like, flat out. I get that it's one. I get that it's one year, one million. But like those are the moves that good general managers make, where they find cheap guys that can play. Well, that's what he hit it's on the, in 2017. The Ligier Blunt well, type things. When you're paying yeah. Carson, like you have to be able. That's when you bring too. somebody in, the point. evaluation was wrong, right? Like forget the money part. They brought Will Parks in thinking he could play, and they then decided he could not play. So the evaluation from the pro personnel standpoint was wrong on that and like you know i remember the week they signed him and jatavis brown and it was all this like versatility speed blah 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 well jatavis brown retired and will parks never even played so like you know th this whole thing that like in when they when they had the draft and it was oh marquise goodwin's gonna be a great veteran presence and a speed guy for us like look at all this speed we're adding like who would be on the eagles track team blah blah and like it just does it didn't end up mattering like they don't he does not the moves he is making have not worked out and it just, I think I'll be more guarded this off season when they make these moves and people will probably 
be mad at me on Twitter, but like when they sign these guys and how he's doing it, like I think it's fair to look at everything he does from here on out with a heavy dose of skepticism. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Again, like he missed on all of them. Big ticket, low right. ticket. Like again, Javon Hargrave, just flat out miss. Nickel Roby Coleman, flat out miss. Will Parks, flat out miss. It wasn't just the draft, like free agency this year too. How he just. Had a disastrous, I think disastrous it's to the job. Point where it's like, and I'll believe not, it when I see. Yeah, and that's not even including all the misses that he didn't even make, like not trading a second for DeAndre Hopkins or the Steph Diggs trade, which looks like it made a lot of sense or whatever. And I know we want those picks now; they're horrible. Like I'm, I wouldn't trade a first for Stephon Diggs right now, where this team is as a top five pick. Well, that, would, that would have been right. ugly situation. Right, yeah. but again, the idea being that like how he how he has missed a lot, like he's missed a lot the last couple. Well, years. but also to that point, like honestly. In a division where you only need six wins to get in, like the difference oh, between you Stephon make the playoffs. Diggs, like you make the playoffs. Yeah, you're pro- you might be a 100%. playoff team. Fun, yeah. I don't, I don't think so. it's even a These guys can't get open. Like none of these guys can get open. I mean, Jalen Rager. I mean, you should have heard Ray Dinger just go off on on oh, how really? horrible he, he thinks he's. He's just like I haven't seen anything from this guy. He's like he can't get open. He's like they told me he's fast. He ain't fast. I ain't seeing it. Like just went off on on what a horrible pick it was. He's like Justin Jefferson was right there. We all knew it. You didn't take him. You took this guy who probably would have been there with your second pick. He was like going off, off, well, off on him. You know, and uh, to bring up you know your favorite guy, Orlando Scandrick. Huh. Um, huh. Yeah. I, I mean, so this we, week, me and Orlando are, are are thinking alike at least about one thing. Yeah. So Orlando Scandrick this week on Undisputed you know, ripped into the Eagles and called Howie like a weasel rat or whatever. And like, I don't know. I wonder what Will Parks thinks of Howie. You know, I just be like, it's I'm going to guess how it's similar. People, I'm going to guess it's yeah, similar. Like, I'm going to guess he thinks he's a weasel. It's interesting how many people leave the organization with a bad taste in their mouth. Yeah. It, you know, and like, it, it, and you it think is, back it is to notable. The it is notable. Not to sound like an old head, but like, you know, you, and you work, well, you work with one of them, like, and we work with Ike and Richie and all that. And like, you know, Brent Selleck and all these guys, Connor Barwin. And you think of like players who, you know, were happy they were Eagles. And I'm not comparing them to Will Parks and Orlando Scandrick. Like, I get that. But my point is, it does seem like people come into this organization over the last year and a half, two years, and don't always leave with a great taste in their mouth. Yeah. And particularly when it comes to Howie Roseman. All right. Elliot, yeah. Last thing before we get out of here. Um, Pro Bowlers. It's that time. Yes. Uh, I, I you, wrote I my takedown, you... by the way, for oh, you, so you can get good. A taste I'm excited of it. about this because you you tweeted uh, about it and asked questions. Of, I mean, for me, I, I think just off the top, I think the only eagle who I will be upset if they don't make the Pro Bowl is Brandon Graham. Like for for a multitude of reasons, he's having maybe his best year. I think he'll end up getting over double digit sacks at seven now. Also, the best run stopping defensive end in football, according to PFF or whatever that's worth. Uh, Brandon Graham's having an outstanding year. That dude deserves to make the Pro Bowl. After that, I mean, like, Jason Kelsey, sure. Like, outside of that, like, I don't feel strongly about any Eagle making the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Um, man, it would be just such a shame if Brandon didn't get 10 sacks this year. Would you say he was at seven? Seven. I don't know, man. I don't either. Like, I don't think it's a lock or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, three sacks in five games isn't easy for anybody. No. You know? hey, look, throughout so, his career, he hasn't done that. So, yeah. Yeah, that would be just such a buzzkill for him. But yeah, I think I think he's deserving of a Pro Bowl spot. Um, I, you know, obviously Josh Sweat's not making the Pro Bowl, but I'm just trying to think of guys that I feel like have outplayed expectations. Oh, I think he's uh, done a great job, Josh Sweat. Yeah, but he's not a Pro Bowl. No, no, like, no, no, no. I'm just yeah, agreeing yeah, with you. Right. Yeah, no, he's clearly, yeah. clearly um, not a Pro Bowl. Probably not Darius Slay, right? I mean, I think he's had a very good year, but I don't think he'll make the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, Jason Kelsey. 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say not Carson. going to go on a Are you sure about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's probably it, right? It's, oh, it's ugly, man. So when I was thinking about this, though, and this is like a for real, like 47 minutes into the pod, like real ones only take, right? Is Brandon Graham the best Eagles defensive lineman of all time? Well, Reggie White. So, yes, Reggie, but here would be my counter. There and is this no is counter. not an anti-Reggie. I mean, it's like well, Reggie has me, like almost double the sacks with the okay, Eagles. All right, well, let me, let me, let me paint my picture. Let me, let me, let me make my argument. I, in the, uh, in the, you can make your argument, but it doesn't matter. It's wrong. But go ahead. In the, in the spirit of the undoing, right? Let's, let, let's, let me, let me Which, be my we won't uh, say anything about it, myself. but Elliot can confirm that after it was episode two or three, I told him exactly who it was. Who yeah, you it. called it. Thank you. Yeah, you did. And yeah. I thought the ending was very good, by the way. I got mixed reviews on it, but I really liked it. I thought it, it was solid. I thought it was okay. Well, I had I'm some issues. Because you got it right. Yeah, so. I liked it, but I was also, I knew from episode one or two who it was, so it kind of sucked a little of the excitement out of it for me because I was right the whole time. You know what I mean? But anyway, well, being, being smart just must, you it's know, tough, it must ruin man. everything for you. You know what it is? Come on. All right. So here would be my my Brandon Graham is the best defensive lineman in Eagles history. Take Reggie White, obviously 124 sacks and 121 games like you're not touching that. Like that's uh, that's absolutely absurd that he accomplished that. But Brandon Graham could finish second. Like, I think he's fourth he's right now. Second. He's not going to be Trent Cole. He's got 58. He's fourth. I think uh, Cole's up in, like, the 70s or 80s. Like, it's highly unlikely that he beats Trent Okay, Trenkel. fair. All right. But here's my thing, right? He's better. I think he's better than Trent Cole, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Uh, Yes. I, I actually would agree with that. I think Trent Cole was more of a one-trick pony. Trent Cole, second all-time in sacks for the Eagles. I don't think he's better than Clyde Simmons, which is where we, I would put Simmons and Reggie White both ahead of Brandon Graham, personally. Okay. So... To me, I think Reggie White is equal part Packer as he is Eagle. Oh, that's crazy. He wasn't okay, there nearly as long. He won a Super Bowl there, but he wasn't he there close to it. But he wasn't there close to as long, and he wasn't as great a player for the Packers as he was. For the Eagles, he was the best defensive player of all time other than Lawrence Taylor. Like, he's that great. Like, this, okay. is, I love the, I love what where you're heading with it and stuff, But and I think that you could absolutely make the argument that Brandon Graham is the second best defensive lineman in Eagles history, but Reggie's like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's I know. Re- I know. I know. Reggie's like. I like on the attempt one. though. It was a good attempt. Well, he might my be final second. Point, I, I think, think the point is he's probably higher, higher on the list than most Eagles fans would realize. Yeah. Well, my closing argument, which I know you're gonna, you probably see coming, is like, like Brandon Graham is only ever gonna play for the Eagles more than likely. He made a huge play in the Super Bowl. And look, I wasn't around for Reggie. I'm sure Reggie was a great guy, and you know. You minister, hear all that about yeah, him. Like, Brandon's also the man. You know, uh, like he's Brandon my favorite. Like, he, look, let's put it this way, Elliot. He's my favorite eagle of all time. Like for me personally, he's my single favorite eagle of right. all time. I love this guy. So I won't fight you on that aspect of it. I think as a look, if I who would I say, and and obviously Reggie, you know, tragically passed away too young. But who is more likely to to be a Philadelphia's talk show host and spend their life here and be like the next Ike Reese? Definitely Brandon Graham. Like it's not even close. Yeah, but I think for that. Sure. And I I love the argument and the heart of what you're trying to say. It's just that Reggie was so great that it's it doesn't get there. You know what I mean? Like if it were Clyde Simmons, like you could right. you could fight me on on he should be ahead of Clyde Simmons. You could fight me on that, and I might concede on that. But Reggie's just the the level of greatness is so much higher that I just don't think you can do it. You know what I mean? And yeah, so earlier when I was first starting to percolate this take and I was debating if I was going to tweet it, I went and I looked up. I was like, let me just see where Brandon Graham is on the all-time sacks. And then you see the 124 mm-hmm. and 121. Yeah. And it's got it's just more than like, double. It's more than double. Like, it's like, come on. Yeah, it's it's 
it's truly one of the more insane stats. So yeah, I'll concede it. But I, I, I guess my overall point is just like that. Brandon Graham is even still underappreciated. Yeah, I, like he, again, statistically all that stuff I get it, and like Reggie's also special. But like, man, like Brandon Graham is special too. And I, I don't know. Just personally, like having grown up, not watched Reggie. I like I don't know if someone came up to me and said they think Brandon Graham's our favorite Eagles defensive lineman of all time. Like I'm good with that. Well, he's, you know? again, so. he's my favorite Eagles player of all time. I love that dude. I love him so much. He's the best guy. He's my daughter's favorite player. She didn't even have a choice. We just made her Brandon Graham. She likes Graham crackers. So there was a. Natural yeah. connection there. But yeah, she, it, I, I don't want to say a bad word about Brandon Graham. I think he's the best, and I absolutely love the guy. All right, Elliot. Well, then just say you think he's the best defensive he lineman He is the best time. defensive yeah. lineman in the go. history of football. Best wow, defensive player. How about that? Lawrence Taylor, go away. All right. Yeah, there we go. There, yeah, here we go. Uh, all right, cut that audio. All right, um, reviews. Uh, for those who don't know, and I'm assuming you do, when we get to 2005 star reviews, Elliot and I are going to take the SATs, post our scores, be incredibly embarrassed. Make fun of us for years. It's totally worth it. We need the reviews. We're up to 1480, 1480. So we're creeping up, but we need to get a little more momentum here, Elliot. We're getting close. Um, but we appreciate every single person who rate and reviewed the podcast. Five stars only, Elliot. Um, we're, we're getting close. We're closer. Yeah. Uh, look, 520 feels doable. Uh, it would be an awesome Christmas gift if you guys did it over the next few weeks, uh, you know, or whatever. Uh, you know, holiday you celebrate, like let's, let's make this happen for the go birds team. Uh, that would be awesome. All right, let's get through the reviews. A lot of, a lot of, uh, really good ones this week, but I thought this was the, the one we'll talk about. And then obviously we'll read the five stars. Uh, this is from Alex and Phoenix. What skill set is harder to replace a good GM, a good hit coach or a good QB to me? It's a good QB and it's not even close. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, there's I, a lot of good QBs in the league now. I, so. I, it's true. I think, look, I think it's, <sighs> I think in general, the GM is the most important. He's the guy who picks everything and all that. I think that ultimately, like, you can't win if you don't have players. Um, but I, I do think that, man, this is a tough one. I also think there's a lot of luck in drafting. You know, I don't think it's a science or anything like that. Um, I, I think if this if this said an elite QB, I would go elite QB. Good QB is different. You know what I mean? Here's the difference. You can win with a bad GM. You can win with a bad head coach. You cannot win with a bad I think that's fair, actually. Yeah, I think that's yeah, pretty good. So. Pretty good. All right, I like that. You want to read it right, or I'll, should I? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll try my best. All right, so five-star review. Appreciate everyone that wrote it and wrote the nice things. Le Leprosy Dog, yep. best Eagles pod out there. Great name. Blank 76, Jay Brewster 66, Blaker 1109, Jay Copco, Uncle B2, Emerald 24, JTS Wood, M Smith 39, always showing love. Appreciate that. Mike Zern, Glassmania 12, Coach 48, SC Philly fan. Appreciate it. Appreciate and everybody Pecan that came in. Pecan 345 and DNSNSKXJFHD. Yes. Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed it. Um, all right. We do. We appreciate every single one of you. It means the world does. Make Elliot's day. Literally, he sees the review. Day is made. He'll text me about it. It's totally worth it. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we our Parks Picks pod will be out a little bit better on the right track. There, we, yes, did, we yes, didn't have we to. Did. We didn't have to pretend like last week didn't happen again, which was nice. And um, Saturday, one to three WIP. As always, any final thoughts? E? No, 
I have no final thoughts. Well, it is Christmas time. It's my favorite time of the year, and I'm enjoying watching Christmas movies. We got into rather heated debate over text about Christmas movies. Maybe we'll save that for Saturday. That's a though. tease. We will get into that Saturday or if next you're, week. If you're still listening, tweet us your favorite Christmas yes, movie. Yes, please. Please, actually. And also, let Elliot know that Elf is a great movie because he doesn't like it. And that's oh, it's so bad. Ridiculous. We'll continue. we'll continue that debate later. Again, our Parks Picks pod tomorrow. Uh, Saturday, 1 to 3 on WIP, and of course, after the game on Sunday. So until then, he's Elliot. I'm James. We'll talk to you guys soon.